Hello, welcome back to episode number 13 of the Property Empress podcast. My name's Richard and with me as always is Anna Pierce. Uh, good evening, Anna. Hi, Richard. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you again. This week, we're going to be covering something slightly different because normally we, we cover a subject that's a, a key proponent in property. But we're going to dive into some listener questions this week. Mm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, yeah, because we, we you get so many questions. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you have a, a list as long as your arm for questions, and mm. that's what your TikToks are for, answering questions, which is fantastic information. If you don't follow Anna on TikTok, then you should do that. Property Impress. There you go. Look at that. It was almost planned. That was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna tackle a couple of questions. We're not gonna do tons because mm. otherwise we'd be here all evening. Uh, but we're just gonna attack attack two or three questions, and um, hopefully you find these very helpful. Right. So let's jump straight into the questions and we're going to start with a question from your instagram stories in fact um and it's a question from uh, again apologies for any pronunciations uh, <laughs> so just just go with me uh, so this is from katrin and the question is what's the best area to invest for a londoner with 60k Ooh. Mm. That's a good question. It's a brilliant question. It's quite hard to answer without having any idea of what your strategy is and what you're trying to create, but I can talk generally. Um, so yeah, basically, if you're in fact, I did I did a whole almost a whole series about investing in London not so long ago, because people ask me what's the minimum you need to invest in London and things like that. But basically, if you're living in London, Oh, I wish I could remember the answer, actually, because I think with 60K, because we looked at what's the minimum you'd need to invest in London. That was it. It was Thamesmead was the cheapest place. I can't honestly, I think it, I can't honestly remember the price, but I think it was around 200K. So you could, in theory, invest in London. You're going for the cheaper areas, which I don't mind. It's like go and walk the area, you know, talk to the estate agents, whatnot. But you could effectively invest in London if you wanted to. But investing in London means that you're going to get the long-term uplift, not necessarily the cash flow. So this is why it's really useful to know what your primary objective is. Are you looking to build a passive income? For example, would you like to eventually build enough income to leave your job? Or are you looking just to invest your money to uh, get a good return? Um, or are you looking for a bit of extra pocket money? Like it depends what your your objective is. A lot of people like, I think most people should build a passive income to cover their basic living costs so that if they can't work, don't want to work, lose their job, what have you, they can still maintain their current lifestyle. But that's just like me. That's what I think people should do. I agree. <laughs> Not everyone agrees. Um, so it depends what you're trying to do. So that's where I definitely start. But certainly going outside of London, um, you're particularly if you go kind of because you can go to Midlands because we invest in Northampton. We were living in London when we started. We invest in Northampton. It's about an hour. Um, again, it depends whereabouts in London you are. We were in East London, but it was about in fact, it was, sorry, it's two hours door to door from East London, from where we were living. Um, and you can get much better cash flow. You can get still get some pretty good uplift. Um, but my strategy was cash flow. So I was looking to build passive income. So if you're looking for passive income, you're probably going to want to look at the Midlands. I mean, not necessarily north if it's too far from you. But if you're living in London, you could go outside of London, go a little bit further north to get some good cash flow. Um, but if you're just looking to invest your money in London, um, 
you know, and get a good long-term uplift, um, then yeah, you could go, I mean, if you've got 60 grand, I'd be taking 10 grand for the general purchase costs, like stamp duties, um, legal fees, uh, mortgage fees, things like that. So you've got 50 grand deposit, which means you're buying a 200 grand property if you're using 75% loan to value buy to that mortgage. So yeah, I mean, you can just, you could just literally go into right move and look for London or go if you if you don't if you're happy to go a little bit further out London London plus 20 miles or something um and just look for you know properties in and around London I I mean London you could do flats um or you could do houses um and have a little look so in terms of the area which was the question wasn't it what area should I invest in you can probably invest in London with 60 grand you're going to get more for your money going outside of London. Particularly, the other thing to remember is you're probably going to buy one property in London, unless you buy flats. This is I was looking at houses, but you could potentially go down flats. Um, but if you only buy one property, that's a little bit more risky than if you buy two or three. So if you have, you know, tenants leave and you need to, you know, renovate the property, you lose all your income if you've just got one house. Whereas if you buy two or three, they support one another. So again, you could maybe go a little bit out of London to get cheaper properties and then potentially leverage that money. Probably just get two properties, you know, just two properties. So there's 60 grand. But yeah, so that's why it depends also how far you're happy to go because some people might go, well, you know, Newcastle's too far, but Liverpool's okay, for example. Um, so you could, you there are still areas kind of in the mid, like, yeah, Liverpool's definitely one. I'm sure there's probably areas, um, not so much Northampton, where I'm sure there must be areas. I know that like Derby, you can get like 80 grand houses still. So you yeah. can still get kind of cheaper houses, like um, maybe, I think Luton as well, there might be fairly, I think it'll probably yeah. be more than, I mean, it's difficult, yeah, like, again, without the context of the question, it's hard to know because yes. we don't know what your situation is. You don't know what your long-term strategy is. Mm. Um, and also, again, like how far are you willing to travel? Do you have a job now? There's loads of loads of questions. But yeah. like I said, if you're, as you always say, if you're looking for cash flow, head north. If you're looking for equity, try and stay mm. south, based generally. Yeah. Um, and also head... But if you're... Yeah, sorry. sorry. No, sorry, also sorry. head back to episode 11 where we talk about the area research. Ah, so if you listen good to that, point. then you can find out what your 60 grand is going to get you. Well, you know, not 60 grand, but what, what you can do with your money in which areas so you can see where you can afford to invest in. So yeah, um, take a listen. There are some, the, the, the TikToks I'm doing at the moment, I'm doing area research. So have a look at those because oh, yeah. we, I mean, I know some of them are probably not going to be, you know, good for you because it's too, you know, um, far from London but we did do London London was one that we did that's how I know about Thamesmead um, I'm sure there were some other ones we did that were closer by but have a look there because there might be some good ideas cool. perfect great question I love the area questions I think it's I think because everyone everyone who's investing in property needs to come up with the area yeah. needs to decide on area so it's a question for everyone and that's why it's quite although you know it's quite a broad question because we don't know specifics the nice thing is we can talk generally and give Pete, give everyone a bit of a, a clear about area. Yeah, I think everyone benefits from answering those questions. Yeah, and I guess it's also interesting hearing about other areas that maybe you haven't thought of that you wouldn't mm. have come up with yourself. So uh, that's always good to know. Um, okay. Thank you. So, Thank you, Katrin. 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 I'm going by <laughs> username here, so it's hard to know. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, the next one is actually an email that's coming 
Um, and that's from Lucas. Now, this is a really interesting one. Now, the reason why I say this, I'm going to, I'm just skimming through the email now to try and uh, get to the question. But what the fascinating thing here is, is Lucas is 17 years old. Mm. Amazing. Again, I know. I always these, say this. These teenagers, they're so incredible. <laughs> I was playing Donkey Kong at 17. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but 17. Exactly. So well done, Lucas. Exactly. I wasn't even thinking about this. Um, <laughs> so I'll read out the question here. So the question is, I've recently been listening to your podcast and, mm, and have been obsessed you. with different ways to get into property investment. I have around £3,000 saved up and would... Re I know. And Amazing. <laughs> how many games could 17. I have bought? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's what I would have been thinking of. Um, £3,000 saved up and would really like to just know if I can start rent to rent, even though mm. I'm 17, or would it be best to wait until I'm 18 and then try it again? Um, I come across people most days that are looking to rent out their property. Wow, he's, he's on fire, this kid. Um, mm. As we also deal with letting. Oh. Yeah, he's. I think he said that he's working for his dad. I think his ah. dad's got like an estate and lettings agency. Right. So he's in the perfect. Amazing perfect position to be doing this okay um thank you for taking the time to read my email and have a lovely rest of your day oh bless him. amazing thank you lucas that's a I brilliant know. question 17 oh my gosh i did not have my <laughs> myself together at 17 I know. um amazing question thank you so much lucas um so yeah i mean i so the legality side of things talk to, i mean to be honest i would talk to an accountant and they'll be able to kind of um possibly solicitor they'll be able to give you some specific guidance i don't know the legalities around this but my understanding in fact actually i could look into this but anyway my understanding is that you can't sign contracts until you're 18 so because you for rent to rent you would have to be signing management agreement um, you know, you can't sign them yourself until you're 18. However, I do know that because I because I um, mentor teenagers for businesses and stuff, I do know that you can have a, a company set up where you're, I think, mind, again, my, talk to an accountant, but my understanding is your parent could be a director of the limited company. And basically they're kind of, it's in trust until like, you take over when you're 18. So I think you can, because you can, you could be the limbs company, but your parent, particularly your parent, if you're, if I think I was right in saying it's your dad's company that you're, you're working for, I'm sure he would be um, okay to set up the company for you and then pass it over to you when you're 18. So yes, you can. And then that you'd have the management agreement in the limbs company, basically, and everything else would be the same, like everything. And actually, this is what I say to all teenagers, Use yourself as you, your USP when you're talking to landlords. Say you, I mean, I, I know obviously you're working in a letting agency, it's a bit different, but if you're doing like the director landlord calls, tell them, lead with the fact that you're 17, you have this business because people love supporting kids that True. are doing this kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, you. I think that you could absolutely do it. You just have to make sure you structure it in the right way to make it legal. But actually you're going to probably do better than most because you're 17. Yeah. And that's so also good luck with everything. Uh, uh, I think what's it depends how close to eighteen you are as well. I mean, obviously, if you've just turned yeah. seventeen or if you're just about to turn eighteen, so um, obviously not knowing that there is a lot that you can set up and you know queue up ready and get yourself prepared, finding opportunities. You know, you can start talking to people. You don't have to be eighteen to talk to people, so you can already make the connections with other estate agents and maybe keep an eye out for 
local people who are letting out their their properties you can still be doing the calls at 17 that, that's no that's no problem and you can again like you said explain who you are explain what you're doing and the day you turn 18 you know get straight in there <laughs> dive in it's very true it's very true so thank you Lucas. that's a that's a brilliant question and best of luck yeah. to you and hey hey let's know keep us updated on, on yeah, what happens we definitely. want to know okay so the third now the third one we have here this is a bit of a, a, a double whammy question we're gonna we're gonna sneak in two questions from one person here so this was a, a, a contact form that was submitted and this is from rebecca the message i'll read the message because then i don't have to filter it as i read it hello <laughs> There's, there's nothing rude in here, so I don't have to edit it out. It's okay. Uh, she says, hello. Absolutely love your podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. I've been listening to it over the past couple of days. I've just started on podcast eight, and it's so enjoyable to listen to. Wow. Oh, that's so nice. I like Rebecca. I like Rebecca. <laughs> thank you. Um, I remember on podcast two or three, you briefly mentioned about getting tradespeople to live in and complete the work. I was wondering if you could dive into a little bit more information on buy-to-let renovations and how you do them. Also, I know you've already spoken about angel investors. How did you find your first angel and what is the best way to find one when you have no experience at all? Oh, such good questions. That's kind of two questions, isn't there it? There is, Although but actually, yeah. I've got to chuck in a compliment at the end here because I've got to carry on. Okay. I've got to get the compliment in. Love your content on TikTok too. Such an inspiration. Oh, Hang on, there's brackets. Thank you. There's brackets. Oh, except <laughs> but <laughs> Richard is great too. Oh really? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so back to the question. So thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the questions and compliments. We like those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've forgotten the question. The question. Yeah, I went on way too long. So the the one about the tradesmen living in. Mm. So I just want to clarify. So yeah, what we have done on a few occasions that works really really well is if a property um, need. I'm trying to think the situation when we do this. To be honest, it just seems to happen. But sometimes what we do when we get a property that needs some work, we offer the property. We'll do the main uh, like things like if it needs a rewire, new boiler, like the big stuff we'll do. And then we will offer it uh, to a tenant that is a tradesman. And we will give them, in return for them finishing the renovation, we'll give them free rent. So it works really well for a few different reasons. Like it saves us a lot of money. Well, how much we would pay for a tradesman to, to renovate a property versus how much it costs them to do it is very different. So we're saving like a lot of money by having someone else do it and they're effectively paying for it. So we offer the free rent because again, it's that actually I'd not even thought of that. It's a good trade-off because if for us, the rents, like we're, you know, the mortgage is much lower than the rents. So they're saving rents, which is much higher, but we're only paying the mortgage, which is much lower. And it's the same thing for them. Like if it was a tradesman we're paying, it would be much more expensive mm. because that we're paying for their time and labor, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So what we do, what we normally do, it depends on what needs doing, but we'll give one, two, I think we've maybe done three months free rents in return for um, the tenant finishing the renovation, basically. Um, and the nice thing about it is that, A, obviously you're getting a tradesman, so it's done, and it's their home. So they, they do it to good, really, really good standard. But also it's it's nice for them because it's we kind of then are like, well, you, you know, as long as it's neutral, 
you choose how you want to decorate it. And so it tends to lead into long-term tenants because not only they're going in, they're going, brilliant, I've got two months free rent and I can choose how I want to do it and things like that. So it just works really well for long-term tenants. Would you only do that? Or if it was, if the person was a tradesperson, though, what if it was someone who who wasn't a tradesperson, but they would also like to, maybe they know someone, or they would rather they would rather pay the tradesperson themselves and get them in to do it their mm. way. Would you accept well, that? Well, it's a... it's usually people who are tradesmen or their family. We get a lot of people whose okay. family are tradesmen, <laughs> yeah. so that that kind of we're okay with that. The first time we did it, actually, we had a couple that were <laughs> into DIY, Uh-oh. and it works brilliantly. Like it works really really well. Um, but I think normally now it's like it's got to we say it's got to be tradesmen or you know. I think we normally say tradesmen and then if they're in the family, they'll tell us and we're like, that's okay. Um, so no, I mean, yeah, probably. I think just because it works with tradesmen and we'd rather it be trade because then also we know that they're doing the job, you know, all their family's doing the job and we know that they're going to do a good job because it's their home. So it just works better that way, I think. Okay. But I do think if, if someone, if we advertised and we had someone, they had a really good reason to do it slightly differently, I would definitely, you know, I'd listen to them. But if we had really other good, other really amazing candidates, it, you know, we'd, we'd go with who we feel is right. Okay. Um, okay, so the second part of that conversation, that conversation, second part of that question <laughs> is how did you find your first angel investor and what is the best way to find one if you have no experience yeah. at all? It's a good question. We haven't done it. We need to I do know. an episode on angels. Well done, Rebecca. Good question. I'm, I'm yeah, sure. great questions. Thank you. Um, so yeah, how we the well, when we started, we we used uh for our first because we were flipping. We were we had some debt that we needed to clear. So we we were taught, you know, to write a list of all the ways we could raise, you know, the finance, and then kind of go for what felt the easiest, you know, the cheap, potentially the cheapest things like that. So we did speak to parents. Like we're not from rich families. I just want to be really clear. My mum, you know, she's a secretary. She um, was at that point. I think she was about to retire. Uh, she didn't really have any savings or anything like that. But she did own the house, like because they she moved to a smaller house, so she owned it outright. And I said to my mom, and I, I'm horrified really that I did this, but I said to my mom, could you take out a small mortgage mortgage against your house <laughs> so that I can buy this? You know, we'd had an offer accepted on um, a flip property and she and my mom, bless her, it was like, yeah, that's fine. And then her partner was like, it was 20 grand, I think we were raising. He was like, well, I've got money in a bond that's maturing so you could maybe have that. So we, that was the first. I know it wasn't, I'm technically, I mean, when I talk about angels, I'm not talking about friends and family, but actually they are kind of similar. Um, but when I talk about it on TikTok, people are always like, oh, you've got rich parents. I'm like, I really don't. Like my dad's not here. Like he, he, he didn't have any money either. And uh, my mum was a secretary. So like we're not, I'm not from a rich family. Um, but we did, we did raise it through my mom's partner, the first one. And then uh, Drew spoke to his dad and the same thing. His dad, you know, had a bit of money, um, in bonds. So he just, you know, he helps us out. So the first time we did ask parents, but you don't need, if you can, brilliant, but you don't need to, um, try to think of the first, cause we did do family the first kind of, you know, when we first started and we raised enough to get going. So we didn't really need to go look elsewhere beyond that. But beyond that, when we start, when we were expanding, because I was like, although it was really great that our family helped us, it did feel a little bit icky. Yeah. And I much prefer using non-friends and family now. 
Um, like friends of friends, yes, you know. And I suppose if a friend asked me, I would probably consider it, but it depends on the friends. Um, but actually having people I meet that are angels is my preference because it feels much more, much cleaner, you know. Um, so in terms of your brand new, you know, brilliant if you have friends, family, brilliant to get started. But if not, don't worry. Um, in terms of, oh, sorry, the question was, how did I find well, how the do first? You, well, I think, I think the first one was... Um, I think the first non-family member was the was the friend of a friend. Um, so we had that was the one that was um, that I but that was it. I was around my friend's house and he was there and we just started talking. She, my friend, said to me like, you know, how's business going? And I was like, yeah, fine. And I started talking to this angel. Well, what turned out to be an angel, and he was like, oh, what what's your business? And I was like, oh, property. We started chatting. He said, oh, I've had a couple of rental properties. And then we got chatting, didn't think anything of it. A few weeks later, he actually phoned me and was like, basically, can I be, you know, can I invest? So I was like, fab. Um, so that's how, like, it was just from talking about what I was doing and getting excited. I'm a share and shine. That's what I talk about, just sharing with people what we're doing and trusting that, particularly as women, you'll kind of call people in. You can absolutely, I, the most powerful way I have found is just by sharing what I'm doing with and just trust and just allowing it to come up and just loving what you're doing, allowing it to come up and you'll meet people that naturally come up and, you know, share that you use angel investors and people will start asking you about investing because there's so many people who have money in the bank that you might not know about. Yeah. They have money in the bank. They're looking to invest. They like property, maybe don't want to deal with regulation, maybe don't want to deal with tenants. The idea of investing in property but being completely hands-off is very appealing. And there's far more angels than there are property investors that use angel investors. So that you're, you know, you're a rare find for them. It's not the other way around. Yeah, that's definitely and if you Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. I would, I would still be in the mind of like, where do you find these yeah. like rare angels that they hang out? Yeah. They hang out in like a little pub somewhere in the country <laughs> that I've not been to. Well, in mansion. I think people think angel investors that live in mansions and have loads of money and they're Richard Branson, <laughs> and they're not. Read the million. I always say this: read the Millionaire Next Door, and you'll realize most people that have wealth are people who have been good with their money, so therefore don't live in the mansions, don't splash the cash. That's why. It does work asking people. It does work by, uh, you know, mm. approaching people you know, putting it on social media. You can even go, you can go, you can Google peer-to-peer -peer lending, things like that. You can be active in seeking people. But the people, for me, the gems are the people who are looking, who have 100 grand in the bank, looking to invest in property. You're not going to know that it's them. So by talking about it, you're almost like fishing. You're throwing your line out, waiting for a bite. And you and I honestly, and I don't know why, but I honestly think what between one in four to one in seven people could be a potential angel. That's friends, family, strangers, colleagues, you know, anyone. And and it can be. I mean, I tend, I typically attract that for some reason a hundred grand. If people want to invest with me, is let's start with hundred grand or higher or more. But it doesn't have to be. You can, you know, particularly when I was starting, like, it, you know, when I, when I was asking people, when I was asking family and friends and things like that, and when I was doing what I was taught, I was raising 10, 20, 30 grand, which was exactly what I needed to get started. So boom, brilliant, amazing. But now I don't ask, I attract much bigger numbers. So I get 100 grand, 250 grand, 750 grand, 500 grand the other day. That was someone that I was telling you about, Richard. Yeah. This was someone that I was put in touch with by someone else. 
And he was like, oh, I typically, you know, my typical investment is 500 grand. And I was like, I can work with that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll lower my bar for you. Yeah, yeah, go on then. Um, you know, but it you you it's like um, weight training. You you build to that. You know, you don't have to go out and raise five. I mean, you can, but you know, start with ten, twenty, thirty grand if that feels good to you. Um, yeah. But it's also learning learning the craft of you know the communication and things like this. So if you're new and you have no, also if you have no experience, don't worry. People are like, oh, people won't learn to you've got no experience. It's not true. They're interested, with all due respect, they're interested in the property. They're not really interested in you. What they want from you is knowing that you've done your due diligence, knowing that you know what you're talking about. So working with someone like me, like a prof, a, you know, professional property investor, you know, this one that can guide you, help you, will help reassure the angel. Not necessary, but it helps. But, you know, getting, you know, quotes, getting comparables, doing a really good, you know, um, all the due diligence and being able to talk the talk and talk about what, what the plan is. And this is what I think will happen. And this is my backup plan. If it doesn't happen, this is my double, you know, my plan B, C, D. And, and showing that you're a professional, um, yeah. you know, and knowing, knowing property, talking about property prices double every seven to 10 years over the long run. And if they don't, even if they drop in the two times we've seen them drop, it's been 10%. Like knowing things like that and being able to express that will yeah. help the angel to under, to see that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, as you, you've said this before, about you're not looking for the angel first. Yeah. That's the mistake, isn't it? Very don't, good point, yeah. Don't look for the angel and then go, right, if I can just get someone to give me 50 grand, then I'll go and look for a property. Because mm. what are you going to tell the angel investor? Yeah, hi there, I've got an idea. What I'm going to do, <laughs> you're going to give me loads of money and then I'm going to try and find something to spend it on. It just doesn't happen like that. It doesn't work. Like you said about cars, you don't. You find the car first and then you go to the bank and say, look, I need a loan for this car. Mm. This is what I want. Can you give it to me? And they say yes or no. Same, yeah, exactly. go and find the houses that you go, even if it's a few dry runs, go and find a property that you think that'd be perfect. Do all the research, do all the figures. You know, you don't have to get the quotes and pay for people. You can get a rough, you could probably work it out what, you know, what a, a new kitchen would cost on average. You could do some averages um, as dry runs and then just, then you go to your, you know, your angels or, you know, you ask the questions. And when they come back to you, you say, yeah, I'm looking at this property. It's going to cost me this much. The renovations are going to be about 15000 I'm just looking for an investor to help me with the deposit to get started and work out what okay. you're going to give them back. What are they going to get back from it? Exactly. It's not charity. No. They're, they're getting something out of it and you're getting something out yeah, of they're it. Not you're, do, doing yeah. the, you're, you're putting the time, energy and expertise. They're putting the money in. Yeah, it's not a favour. It's favor. a fair exchange. Yeah. That's what you got to exactly. remember. You're not, yeah. you're not begging them for money. You're saying, I've got a brilliant business idea. I know it's going to give you... 12% return whatever the number is and they'll be like wow that's amazing you know my stocks I'm only getting 3 to 4% which is decent okay that's great um so it's important to, to I think to get that right order because I exactly. before, before talking to you I definitely would have been in, in the camp of I need to find the money first I don't want to yeah. you know, I need to find the money then I can look but it makes no sense when you actually talk about it <laughs> yeah that's it, it yeah I, I totally hear you. It's and it, and it's funny because you. Ha- I have to like I work with clients. I have to keep reminding, keep reminding, keep reminding because we're just we just don't live in a society where you do that. But that's the ri- and this is the other thing. Read books on the rich mindset, like rich dad poor dads, and um, think and grow rich and things like that. Like understand how rich people approach money. 
and yeah. how they yeah and why the rich get richer and in when you're in that mindset it's 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 a game changer yeah it really is. also books think that, books like yeah. how to make friends and influence people yeah just understand yeah. some people get a bit icky about books like that because it feels like you're manipulating people but all you're mm. doing is learning how other people are going to perceive the way you speak to them yes. so it's really important to know if you're coming across as desperate um, and mm. what they're going to be looking for. So if you're coming across as confident and books like you know, How to Make Friends, I need a shorter title, that book um, <laughs> uh, just teaches yeah. you, you know, how to how to connect to people and how to speak to them on their exactly. level. So it's important to, again, just, just read. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Beautifully put. I love your, um, I love how you shared as well about you don't need the money, like, and see how, you know, till later. So, yeah. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you. You told me. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> it's your, that's your knowledge, <laughs> not mine. I'm just repeating it. <laughs> and that brings us on to the final question that we have. And this is from Vicky. And this came in as an email. And it says, I'll read it out again so I don't have to edit it. Uh, I've been listening to your most recent podcast and I was wondering if you could possibly do an episode dedicated to what to look for in a property e.g. when viewing properties what to look at condition or windows boilers roofs etc I have an area narrowed down purely down to personal preference and cash flow however when it comes to viewing properties I'm not entirely sure what to look for I think that's going to be a a problem for a lot of people. Vicky, I don't think exactly, you're alone there. Exactly, yeah. Um, I know the type of houses to look at, but I'm not confident in what I need to check when on a viewing. I personally want a property that requires a minimal amount of work. Don't we all? Well, actually, we don't all. <laughs> I suppose that depends, doesn't it? I was going to say, I don't. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> okay. I'm happy to do carpets and to decorate, etc. But mm. I don't want to end up having to replace a boiler or a roof after purchasing it. Okay. Well, see, Vicky... You do know what to look for because you've just said you, what you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you think, oh, you're, yeah. you're worried about not knowing enough, but you clearly know that you need to look at the roof now. You need to look at a boiler. Mm. I understand that you're not going to know if a boiler's looking dodgy or not. I mean, that's hard to know, I guess. Um, mm. I realise that these things cannot always be helped, but I'm just curious as to what aspects you look at when buying. And I'm sure other listeners other listeners and i'm sure other listeners are too thank you very much for both of you and richard for doing the podcast they're very interesting to listen to and insightful thank you Aww. vicky lovely question thank you i like vicky as well yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, like, like everyone. Oh, yeah I like everyone everyone's been so nice <laughs> that's a great question mm. and the reason i really like this question is that i'm i'm still a little bit the same I don't, I, I, I think part of the problem is when I look around houses, I'm nosy and I look at stuff. I look at people's stuff and I come out and then Jill talks to me about the electrics or the boiler and I'm like, oh, I didn't look. Yeah. Did you see that duck on the wall? It was lovely. <laughs> but I, I still struggle with this. So I totally hear you. I totally hear you, Vicky. But there are some really good rules of thumb that I can share with you. Um, first of all, I am just going to very briefly say that when you're looking round, there's a couple of things, there's a couple of cheats that you can do, like cheat sheet Ooh, okay. stuff that you can do. If you're really not, particularly if you're investing on your own and you are a little bit, you know, just to kind of build your confidence. What I would be doing, there's a couple of things. What I would be doing is the, the key things are, like you said, the boiler, the electric, you can ask the um, estate and kind of look at the electrics. So they'll take you and show you, but, uh, but look at the boiler, look at the electrics. Um, 
yeah, they're the two main things really. And take photos because even if you don't necessarily know well, what does this mean, if you send it to a tradesman, they can give you a broad, you know, brush. Oh, it's going to need fixing or it's, it's going to be okay broadly. Like it's very finger in the air, but it can give, you know, to, so that you don't have to worry about, well, I don't know, does this mean it's good or not? Um, but the, the, oh, and the other thing I was going to say as well, the other cheat sheet thing is, um, don't worry too much because if you have an offer accepted, particularly when you're starting out, one of the first things you can do is that have an offer accepted then, or even you can do this um, before the offer is accepted, but take, do a second viewing and take your builder with you. And even if you don't have a builder, go like, go on like my builder and get quotes, uh, or, like, you know, say that you're going to be renovating or decorating a property find someone that you like and ask them to come and look around the property with you and do a second viewing. And then you don't even really need to worry about it. And they can kind of give you, I mean, ideally it's once you've got a builder that you've built some, you know, trust with and rapport with. Um, but certainly that's another nice way of doing it. Go what you think it is and then take a builder out and they can give you their expert opinion. So don't worry too much. Um, you don't need to know everything because that's, that's what we do. It's like, that's, it's that, um, Henry Ford quote, isn't it? I know everything. I don't know everything, but I know someone who does <laughs> yeah. and you're not meant to know everything. So lean on your team. Like that's what they're there for. Yeah. But very broadly, the main things to look for is like I said, the electrics and the boiler and, and with the, with both of them, you can kind of just have a look at them and see if they look is this is such a girly way of describing it. See if they look new and clean. And if you're not sure, like I said, just take a photo and speak to like a tradesman and get some advice. Um, but usually I can look at boiler and go, oh, it looks good. You know, and you look at the dials. If it's like kind of the, particularly the electrics, look at, if, if it looks modern or if there's like all the, the kind of coloured plug bit thing. Good, good. This is, this is <laughs> like technical trouble. <laughs> I hope you just exposing <laughs> this is not my area no, this is the proves, beauty of investing with Drew. the point but is this is exactly it. i'm like i look for the little colored plug mm -hmm. bits and if it's that i'm like it's old and it needs replacing <laughs> if it looks modern it's probably okay but you know i will if if i if i'm in doubt i'll get my tradesman and i'll take photos and send it to them yeah. but the electrics the boiler definitely you can also look at the actual plug sockets on the walls um, because sometimes they get, they speak volumes because if they look old and rickety and they're like, you know, the boxy ones, you'll kind of get a sense of there's going to need some electrical work doing to it. Yeah. The other thing is that for the windows and the roof. So again, with the windows, you're just, again, having a little look. Do they kind of look, are they, you know, modern UPVC double glazed windows? They're probably okay. Are they single glazed? Do they look knackered? Yeah. Um, but they're, these are the big expenses. Uh, the roof, though, all I look for in the roof is I just, I come away from the house and I look both sides from the garden in the front and I look at the tiles and I look to see if everything kind of looks pretty neat and together, whether it's like warped, whether it's like, you know, they just look knackered. And again, it's a very broad brush rule of thumb. Um, but that's, they're the, the main things I look for. Yeah. The other thing is smell the house because damp is the other thing. Damp, I'm not, I'm much less concerned about damp. The windows, the electrics, the boiler, the roof, they're the main things. But if there is a clear damp smell, then I'd be like, what's causing the damp? Because I don't mind damp. 
It damp for me is what's caused it. Yeah. Not like, oh, I need to do damp proof course. What's caused the damp? Like, unless it's a really old house or something, it's a case of working out. Because we did have one house we bought that had damp and there, there'd been a leak. The radiator leaked. Um, and normally, if it, I mean, in Northampton, there's a lot of cellars. So we're just going, or like, um, we were just going to the, cellar, or the basement and um, you can smell it. Like, that's the place you're going to smell it. So we'd go in if there's damp, it's a bit like, well, there's some damp, what's going on here? But they're the main things. Um, and if you don't want to do the boiler, you know, the, the rewire and things like that, then just look at those main things. Mm-hmm. And if they all kind of look fresh and modern, then you, you're probably okay. Yeah. But a boiler is really, I, I like replacing the boilers because I think it's a really nice way to uplift the property. Um, chance, particularly as we're, yeah. sorry? It's a chance to move it as well because often they're in stupid yeah, places. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but actually, it's not that. I it's not that. I don't think it's that expensive to replace boilers. I think it adds a lot of value, a lot of benefit, and doesn't really cost that much to do. Uh, rewire is a bit messy and a bit tricky. Um, roof, we've never re- we've bought one property that had like a it had been on it had had work done to it, but it was like sagging. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that's not the technical name. Um, that sounds right. But we've never had to do any. I don't I can think of, we've never had to do anything with the roofs or really the windows. But we do. We very often do the rewire and the boilers. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they're, I, yeah, they're the main things. Do you have anything to add to that, Richard? I is do. There anything? I do. Yeah. I, I do. Um, one thing is for the roof again. Just look at the neighbour. Look at all the other houses because they're all, all. Most of the houses would have been built around the same time, if not exactly the same time. So check out to see what the neighbours' roofs are looking like. If they're all looking shiny and nice and yours is looking battered and horrible, probably hasn't been done for a long time, you know? So you can get an idea uh, if it should look like that or not. So that's an easy one to check. With the windows, yeah, they do need replacing. I think people forget that new PVC windows have a lifespan because the gas in between the panes, they do seep out and mm. fail. So, you know, windows don't last forever and that's an expense that every house is going to have no matter what. So it's not, again, it's not crazy expensive to replace the windows. You don't have to replace all of them. You can just do, you know, the the bottom ones or whatever one needs doing. So that's an easy one to check as well. Um, and also to make sure when, when you're there, make sure that the windows open the windows, make sure they close properly because if they start... If you start having problems closing one, it might mean that either the windows are failing or there might be some other structural problems that are causing the windows to bow. So just open the windows. Mm. That's an easy one to check. That's a nice one. Um, And the other one is a TikTok video that I saw of this guy. Okay. And he takes a ping pong ball with him, (laughs) the house viewings, and he just puts it on all the surfaces. So he goes into Ah. the shower room and just lays the ping pong ball down and obviously he's looking for it to roll towards the drain pipe Mm. Um, and then like with the kitchen he puts on the kitchen floor just checking all the floor levels I thought that's a genius just take a ping pong ball with you so there you go that's my tip Uh, actually that is a good point I probably should talk about there's two other things cracks and conservatories Um, (laughs) because yeah because cracks are so people can freak out a little bit about cracks cracks don't necessarily mean subsidence they can mean subsidence they can mean that there's a deep excuse me a deeper like underlying issue but with the crack if there's actually to be honest if they if i looked at a house there's a crack i would talk i mean i don't put much faith in an estate agent knowing but i would start by asking the estate agent because often if an estate agent is showing a property showing sorry taking on a property that has a big crack in it 
they will have had to have, have the conversation with the owner. So they might know, and it's certainly a good place to start. Um, but again, it's it's that thing of um, don't be put off by stuff like that, but be aware of it. If you see cracks, like point it out with the estate agent, see if you can get any information and just be aware that, you know, potentially you might have to do a little bit more digging. Yeah. Um, but you're going to, you're going to, if you're buying with mortgages, the, the lender will do evaluation anyway. Like they're basically making sure it's structurally sound. Um, and if you, particularly if you have your own survey, any of these kind of issues will come up anyway. So it's probably going to get caught. So even if you go and look and go, it, you know, the windows look okay, for example, and they're not, it will come up, it will come up before you buy the house. So you've got lots of security. Yeah. Um, and the conservatory thing as well, like conservatories are a bit, they're a bit, and a lot of people have these lean twos. I, I struggle with them because like you never really know if they're any good. No. Um, so I try, I'm not very keen on conservatories or lean twos. So if at all possible, we, we won't go for them because they are a bit of a minefield and you just don't know. Conservatory might look good, but actually there's some issues or it might look really rubbish and actually it's, it's good. So that one's a little bit, if possible, <laughs> avoid them. But if there's a really good property, you know, just, yeah, again, just make sure you have it checked yeah. by someone. And don't forget, you can always ask these questions. There's nothing wrong with you just exactly. saying, you know, again, like I say, just admitting it. We say, like, I don't really know much about boilers. Can you tell me when last time it was changed or updated or mm -hmm. fixed? Could you find that information out for me? You know, put it on to the estate agent to ask the question of the owner. Um, mm. And again, with the roof. Do you know if the roof's ever been worked on? Has there ever been any issues? Are there any leaks? You know, you, you are buying. You're spending a lot of money. You're entitled to ask all the yeah, questions exactly. you want to ask while you're there. So don't be afraid. Ask. Yeah. And, and the estate agent or whoever's showing you around would have had all these questions before. You're not the only mm -hmm. person to ask these. So don't worry about it. It's no problem. And by the time you've done 10 viewings, you'll know what the common questions are. You'll know what the common things, yeah. the answers are. Um, and you'll be fine. So there we go. There we go. Uh, so thank you so much for the questions. They were, they were brilliant questions. Mm. Um, and if you like these sort of Q&A type episodes, then please keep your questions coming in and we'll answer them. So. Absolutely. They're good fun. I like them. Because you'll ask things that you won't necessarily know to, to talk about. So it's good. It gets, it gets yeah, just more, more information jam-packed into the podcast. Yeah, because if you don't interrupt us, when we're just going to talk about whatever the hell we want. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Yeah. So if you want to hear something exactly. else, tell us. Um, <laughs> but that brings us to the end of episode 13. So uh, thank you so much for the questions. They were brilliant. Mm. Um, and where can people send in their questions, Anna? So you can contact me through my website, uh, which is annapierce.com. That's P-E-A-R-C-E. -E. Um, you can email me at anna at annapierce.com. Uh, or you can find me across most of the social media platforms. You can message me through Instagram. Um, is probably the best way if you want to send in questions. But you can certainly find me on TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Wow. Hmm. What we need to do is record that bit so you don't have to keep saying it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to contact me or talk to me for any reason whatsoever, I don't know, uh, you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram mainly as Pretty Much Property. Oh, this is massively off topic, by the way, but I'm going to stick this on the end. I've been looking at houses recently, okay? Do you know what is driving me absolutely crazy browsing through Rightmove? Okay. It's the first picture not being a picture of the house. <laughs> I... 
I almost don't. I wouldn't buy it because it annoys me so much. Why do estate agents do that? Why would you not put a picture of the house first? Stop it. I know. It's a picture of I'm someone's lounge. Hundred percent agree. Oh my god. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. And that the only the only time really I guess I can kind of understand it is if it's not a very nice looking property. Like if it's a block of flats that's just not attractive, like not aesthetically pleasing. But I do it. I completely agree. Yeah. Completely. It doesn't necessarily. <laughs> drive me nuts but for me it's an opportunity because it puts people off i'm like well maybe there's less people interested and i can go in you can't disguise the fact but that i it's agree ugly. totally agree i'm gonna to scroll to picture two which is the picture of the house mm. so you're not avoiding it you're just delaying it by about yeah, exactly. half a second anyway completely irrelevant but it's I, the first impression it's the first impression yeah. thing. Right. i hear you though I, t- I do agree i completely agree i had to share the pain with somebody when they don't have photos of the inside, is that's the other thing as well. Like show photos of the inside, or show more photos of the inside. Yeah. Like don't just show me anyway. I so know. yeah, no floor plans that oh, drives me put... mad. Oh, this is God. one of the. What was that? No floor plans that drives me mad. Yeah. Plan. No. This was one of the main reasons I started an estate agency because <laughs> it drove me mad. It's like they're so vanilla, yeah. the posts, and they don't sell the houses and. And oh yeah, he's driving bananas. So yeah, I started an estate agency. That's always a good reason. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow, you've done everything. Jesus. I know. I get bored and yeah. do crazy stuff. <laughs> it was fun. I would love to do it again, but I just don't. I don't think I will. But I would. I like. I like the idea. I like selling house. I like the selling houses part, but I don't want all the other stuff like yeah. with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, what is actually really cool is. I can't believe that video tours haven't been in from the day one, from day one. What, yeah. Why is that a new thing? What's going yeah. on? And, and even some of them now, oh, if we're getting, if we're going on our soapbox about yeah, writing me yeah, place, right. one of the things that drives me nuts is when I'm like, oh, there's a video tour and I click in and it's just a video oh, and photos. Oh, it's my oh, pet I really hate that. And there's weird yeah. ones where you have to scroll around and click on certain yeah. spots. Just record the video. You're there. You're at the building. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, that's, that's totally off, off topic, but I had to, I had to get that out. <laughs> I'm imagining us in our like 80s and rocking chairs complaining about the world, complaining about right me yeah. in like 40 years' time. Like, they better have changed it in 40 years. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for the. We've had a few more ratings on the podcast. So thank you very much. Um, Thank you. If you are leaving a rating while you're there, it'd be wonderful if you if you could leave a review at the same time. That'd be brilliant. So uh, thank you so much for everybody for listening. Until next week, which we don't know what the episode is next week. Yeah, actually, no, we don't actually. So, um, hmm. Maybe if, angel investors. We keep threatening to do angel investors. We do, but let's keep them guessing so they can find out yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Anna, and I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.